Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. Feagles, Chuck, you, 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. Good morning, Jeff. How are Hello, you? Hello, Mr. Schmelk. Good. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Wish it was a sunnier Friday and a sunnier oh. weekend. It looks like this weekend is going to be a little bit dreary. But we'll try to get through it. I'm sure Jeff will try to squeeze in 18 at some point. Uh, not this weekend, but I, really? did, I did last weekend. I got to do some work around the house at least once in a while. Really? But, but it's not. the weather's not going to be good. So I, I saw on the radio or the TV yesterday, six weekends in a row it's rained, including this one coming up. So good luck. Wonderful. <laughs> happy weekend. Happy, happy summer, happy, everybody. Happy, I think I live in Seattle. Uh, Giants OTAs um, have continued over the past uh, couple weeks. Another practice yesterday. I did not have a chance. And if you go on Giants.com, you'll, you'll see my written report of uh, what happened at practice. Uh, I might as well give you some of my notes and observations um, from yesterday's OTA, and the next OTA will be on Monday. Uh, before we get to your calls at 201-939-4513. Folks, open lines today. Whatever you want to talk about, we'll discuss. Yeah, a lot um, to talk about. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, a couple things I noted, Jeff. I I've been kind of trying to track James Betcher's defensive line rotations for Good a lot on. of these practices, <laughs> and it's hard. And that's exactly what I wrote in my report. It's hard because he moves so many guys in yeah. different spots. From what I could tell, one thing I think I have figured out, the starting base defense, first down defensive line is Snacks in the middle, Dalvin Tomlinson at one end, B.J. Hill at the other. Nice. And that seems to be the deal, and that is a lot of meat. That's what you want. Stop that run. Didn't do very good at it last year. Uh, but you know what, John? You're right, and I don't think that a lot of people can really – I mean, if that sounds like a pretty good top three right there. I think those are probably your guys. But, you know, that backside of it, there'll be ch changing pieces and there'll be a nickel. They'll be all over the place. So it is hard to kind of plug in, plug it in right now, but it's tough to see. Yeah, I know Kareem Martin will be one of those guys. We well, know he's that. standing up, though. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. Um, Kerry, Wynn, Kerry Wynn will have probably be, you know, he'll be standing up. You know, well, so well, that's the thing. You know, that's one other note that I made. <laughs> the first couple weeks of OTAs, Kerry Wynn had his hand in the, hand in the dirt a lot more as a defensive end. Late this week, he started standing up a little bit more, and he was with the second team, and really Romeo Aquara and Kerry Wynn yeah. have both been very active with that second team, and they they put the offensive line through the ringer a little bit with that group. So I think they've actually been uh, pretty impressive with that second group. Let me ask you, uh, from this standpoint, because sure. you've been out to, at the practices yeah. and stuff, give me a little bit of update on the offensive line. Well, you can't see much because there's no but contact. I mean, yeah, the, like, what do you? What's your ten? Like you say, you you know, the from the three four with Betcher, you guys, your three. What do you think your five are? Well, they're I, moving guys around right now. Um, I've seen a bunch of different first team alignments. The only consistent thing is that Nate Solder and Eric Flowers are your two tackles. <laughs> They've stayed there, and uh, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to say it's Flowers' job to lose, but I think they understand he's the most talented guy at the position, and well, he'll have every chance to win the job. Unless they bring somebody else in, which would be correct. Kind of, you know, but. They're gonna. That's gonna determine about the two guys behind him. Right. So Chad Wheeler obviously is with the second team with that group. But I think the interesting part with that first team offensive line group is inside, and we've seen both Brett Jones and John Halapio with the first team offensive center. They've kind of rotated back and yep. first, back and forth. Pardon me. I've seen Patrick Omame at right guard with Will Hernandez at left guard. I've seen John Greco at right guard with. Omame at left guard. Okay. So those are the kind of the guys I've seen rotate in and out of that interior offensive line group. I've not seen John Jerry much with the first team, believe it or not. But I have seen Greco. I've seen um, Hernandez. And I've seen Omame, who has been a pretty consistent contributor. And both he and Will Hernandez, especially Omame, has really been playing both spots, right and left guard. I think Omame may be the starter on the right <clears throat> guard. 
in my opinion. And I think Hernandez will start at left guard. Yeah. That, that's yeah. my feel. But I think that they want Amaha to – he'll be moving around a little bit so he can play both those positions. Um, interesting about center, though. Because Jalapeel's a little bit of a bigger guy. Well, so, yeah, so, absolutely. But I think both those guys will be on the roster because I think whichever one doesn't start, the other guy will be your backup swing center guard. Sure. Along with the other, the other guard that's not playing can be your other backup because you're going to dress seven usually. Well, here's the <clears> thing. <throat> here's the trick. I think I know who the eight offensive linemen that are going to be on the roster right now. Barring any surprises. I mean, I'm not saying I know for sure, but I feel pretty good that the Giants' eight offensive linemen that are going to be on this opening day 53, barring any changes, look, things can change once we get in the pads of training camp. Who knows? And it's a new general manager, so everything's up for grabs. Yeah, guys get hurt. But right now, I would say the favorites in the clubhouse. Let me phrase it that way. Your tackles will be Flowers, Solder, and Wheeler. Your guards will be Omame. Hernandez, Jerry, and Jones, and Jalapio. I think the seven of those guys I feel good about, and I think the eighth spot will be a big competition between Greco and Jerry for that backup guard spot. Both veterans. That's my feel. <clears throat> Probably both making around the same amount of money. That, again, that's my feel right now, and a lot can change. Because like I said, we're in OTAs. There's no contact, so it's really hard to see who's really playing all that well, yeah. to be honest with you. And um, today's June 1st, folks. So June first on the NFL calendar is a big day when you think about Well, not not the way it used to though. Because you can designate somebody a June first cut, but cut them back in March if you want. So I, yeah, you I don't get so. the guys getting yeah. cut loose Unless on June. Unless somebody like maybe all that they did you know, they were just thinking about it and all of a sudden it happened. You know what? You're right. It used to be secret. June first comes and boom. You know. A lot of the guys used to be a little bit afraid of June first. Here's a new one. So a practice yesterday for the first time. Um for fans, I'm not sure if you know this, but most practices are done off of play sheets. So yeah. they have large scripts for practice. Most and all of them. They mm -hmm. have basically every play and every session scripted out, except for two-minute drill, when that's when teams kind of run a two-minute drill and they, you know, they radio it in and they practice that. But before they did two-minute yesterday, they had a session that was just called move the ball. And they didn't script any plays. They didn't tell the coaches what the down and distance was going to be. It was waiting for Pat Shermer to not only test himself as a play caller, but also Mike Shula and James Betcher and the players to call plays and execute plays that maybe they didn't go through and walk through that morning. Okay. And yeah. call them on the go and on the move without More knowing of a what's coming. recognition kind of. Yeah, you know. so I thought that was an interesting thing that I hadn't seen yet before with the Giants um, in terms of um, trying to test the players and coaches in a different way as early as June. Well, for, for whatever – you know, if you're just listen, this is how things work. You have meetings in the morning. You go over your practice. Mm -hmm. You go over the plays that you're going to run in practice. You go over them. That way, you can re look really sharp on the practice field. And you walk through them, by the and way. And you the walk through them, field. and you run them. Mm -hmm. So, when you get to the practice field, you got you know what's coming. But in this situation, that's a great it's a great thing to do because now it's just out of all right, guys. It's down a distance. It's second and one. What what's the play call here that we can bring out of our mind and know that we can run? You know. Whatever the play is, third and long, uh, second and short, things like that. On the other, other side of it's defense, too. You know, defense, I think it's a little easier to run defenses like that than it is offenses. You know what I mean? Defense can pretty much go on the run. They do mm -hmm. it a lot anyways. They just match up and they go to their coverages and things like that. Plays are a little bit more execution-wise. you got to have the blocking, the running, the passing, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> are you aware of Christian Sicoli? 
He is the third or fourth team defensive tackle. Okay. He made a nice play batting a ball down at the line of scrimmage the other day of practice. And all his teammates started yelling, Skull, from the <laughs> sideline after he made the play. He from Minnesota? Um, no, but <laughs> Chris John with a J in there is a very Nordic name. Oh. And if you look at Mr. Sicoli's picture on Giants.com, the man flat out looks like a Viking. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Hence the nickname, hence Skull. Hence the nickname, Skull, yeah. which, which, which I thought was frankly kind of That's awesome. That's pretty good, though. Um, I, thought, I, I thought that was very Especially funny. if he does look like a Viking. That's awesome. It's Got that good. wavy, that crazy hair, like the Viking guy down at the, at the Metrodome. Remember that dude? Where's the suit? The whole thing is like crazy. I think they had a big like. Didn't they end up firing that guy, Dan? Because he ended up like trying to like go and make money really? on the side, being the Viking on the motorcycle guy. Yeah, I think he's God. Why? Why? Come on, people! You got a great job. You got a, the best seat in the house, and you're gonna screw it up by. Jeez, oh, come on. Anyways, skull. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have two factor fiction questions for you, okay? Before we get to the calls at 201. Make sure they include 939 <laughs> All right, here we go. Dan Salmon comes up with these himself. So if, if you don't like the questions, you can blame Dan. And his back is to me, so I can throw things yes, at him. Yes, that if is I don't true. Like Right, me, and, me, and you have large, heavy helmets ooh, you can wow, chuck out I have out a actually. large glass of water here, too. <laughs> All right, here hurt. we go. Odell Beckham Jr. will account for at least half of Eli Manning's touchdowns this season. Fact or fiction? Um. Well, let's just let me go back and ch- try to figure out how many Eli threw last year. How many was it? Do we know? Uh, last year he was down. I think he had 22 last year, Dan. Is that true? Eli, 23 maybe? Or did he have 19 only? He only had 19. All right, so let's just call it even if it was 20. But that you, means but he's going yeah. to get 10. But so that's what I have to think through this. No, but usually I would. I, would, I think assuming Eli's going to only have 20 is low end. I think Eli's probably going to have at least 24. All right, so 25, 12 and a half. No, that's, that's going to be fiction. And I think for the fact that um, – we hope that he does get 12 and a half. I don't think he can ever get 12 and a half, but you know what I mean. Um, I think with Evan Ingram and the ends in the in the uh, the red zone, I think Saquon Barkley is a guy that you got to kind of look at. Um, that's going to get a lot of touchdowns in that red zone. Too. I agree. I think Ingram is a guy that's going to take some of those touches away, and they'll try to run in a little bit more this year with Jonathan Stewart as well as sure. uh, Saquon Barkley as well. All right, question number two: Factor fiction. Janoris Jenkins will lead the Giants in interceptions this year. Fact or fiction? Well, I don't know why you wouldn't want to go fact. I mean, I think that he's he has the ability to do it. I mean, he had a little bit of a down year last year, um, and I think that you look at what he did the year before, so there's no reason why he can't. I, I think that he could do it. Do you want me to counter-argument you? Other than you think that Landon Collins might be the guy? No way. James Betcher's defenses play a lot of man-to-man, and when you play man-to-man okay. and you're the team's best corner, a lot of times teams don't even throw the ball at you. Oh, then there you go. And it's time. It's, it's hard That's for you a great counterpoint. to get your head around to make plays. I looked it up. Uh, Antoine Bethay um, led the Cardinals in interceptions last year at five. As a safety. I think Patrick Peterson only had one or two. Okay. Because why teams don't throw his way because he's so darn good. Well, So I, I, that would be my argument against that particular All right, so then if, let, me, let me ask you this then. Not so much a fact or fiction just to come out of that one. Then who do you think that that person would be? And, and that is the logical next <laughs> question to ask. And uh, this will pop up on factor. I don't think it's up yet, right? Factor fiction, Dan? It is up. All right, you can go to Giants.com. Okay. You'll see my answer there in totality. So who do you think it would um, be? I went for an upset. I picked Andrew Adams. 
Whoa. Well, you have I mean, obviously, Andrew Adams has to make the team because before he gets the. Uh, Antoine you know. Bethay played that deep safety role last year for the Cardinals. He wasn't the guy that was up and down the line of scrimmage where I think Landon Collins is going to be. I don't think Landon Collins is going to be your deep center fielder interception guy this year. I think that's going to be either Darian Thompson or Andrew Adams. So you so have Adams. I rolled the dice. Yeah, but you. Then that go. tells me that you have Adams replacing Thompson as the starter this year. Right now, I do. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing to do. I mean, the kid's played really well. Uh, that's my, he, he that's really my guess. Um, I think... Uh, he's a Husky. I he's worry... He's a teammate of my son Blake's, by the way. Here's the problem with Darian Thompson, too. What was his big issue last year? Health. And missed tackles. It's tackle. always been. Missed tackles, Jeff. Yeah, the year before, too. He missed a ton of tackles. I can't tell how this kid's going to tackle until I get to a preseason game. You don't well, tackle in hold camp. Hold on you're not going to tackle in preseason games either because they don't practice. They don't tackle in, in camp, so they don't tackle in preseason games Okay, either. fine. I'm not going to know this kid can tackle <laughs> then until September. There you go. What scares the defensive coordinator more than a guy you can't count on to make a tackle? And and, and Adams, he can tackle. He can tackle. He's a good yeah. good player. He's a good player. I like it. Okay. So I mean, that's that a long guess. shot. That's a long shot. Well, sometimes you have to get a little brave. But, I mean, it's not out of the question to have a, somebody lead the team at, from a safety position. I mean, why not? I mean, especially the defense that Betcher plays, this could happen. All right. You ready to do calls? Absolutely. Here we what go, we got? folks. We got 45 <clears throat> minutes of your calls at 201-939-4513. Let's go to Antonio in Harlem. He's going to lead us off. Antonio, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, John and Jeff? How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Great. How are you? How are you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. good. I just wanted to touch base. You know, I've been, uh, you know, kind of living under the rock, you know, staying away from football since the off season. So, you know, I haven't been paying much attention. Yep. All right. Uh, but I just wanted to say that, you know, in my opinion, um, you know, first of all, I want to ask you guys a question. What's the probability, because it's always possible, but what's the probability that the offensive line that's assembled this year is going to be worse than last year's offensive line. Oh, God, it can't be. There's no What's way. The, look, he, look, probabilities are all what they are. There's always a chance, injuries, things right. like that. It can always happen. But I think a lot would have to happen for it to be worse. 5%, maybe a 20-to-1 right. shot. So, so, so that's to pretty one, low. Yeah. yeah. So my thing is, I think this could be possibly Eli Manning's last year because of that. You know, Eli Manning has a really, really good team around him. He has elite running back, elite wide receivers, and elite tight end. Um, and, you know, he has, let's say he has an okay offensive line. If he doesn't produce, what's going to be the excuse now? Let's say nobody gets hurt. What's going to be the excuse is going to be used? There won't be. And I think, you know, they won't be. They won't be. And I really think this might be Eli's last year. Well, Antonio, if he's not but, able to perform. but Antonio, why are you assuming he's not going to be able to perform with this group? Well, I just felt like you know, there's been there's been a couple of years in the past where, or in the recent years, where you know we say, hey, it's not Eli's fault. It's the offensive line, which is absolutely true. Sure. Offensive line receivers got hurt, or you know, most of the, most of the main excuse has been for the recent years has been he hasn't had an offensive line. Sure. Now I'm just to the point where it's like okay, you have somewhat of an offensive line. It's better than last year's offensive line. you got to put up or you got to shut up. Antonio and we uh, – and and me and and Dettino had this conversation a few weeks ago. Fiegels has said this before too, and no one's tired with Eli than Jeff Fiegels. Eli's got everything he needs this year, assuming nobody gets you know seriously injured to have a, to have a big year. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I, and I'll tell you yeah. what, Antonio, I, I think that from the mindset of the organization, in my mind, 
this is Eli's on a one year at a time deal now anyways. I mean his his contract's right. up in two years. I mean this right. is this is a show me what you can do year. We put some pieces Absolutely. around you and we hope you do well because you want to know something? If if he does well, the team will do well and they'll right. and there's no reason why they won't want to have him come back and they'll there's fine that they don't have to deal with a quarterback's thing, controversy if you will, like, oh who's it gonna be next year? Yeah. Fine. Just let Eli roll into this year number two after going to the Pro Bowl and going to the playoffs or maybe the Super Bowl. Yeah, Antonio, one other thing real quick right. um uh, before you finish. Right. It's not just Eli too. Let's say Eli goes this year, throws uh, twenty four touchdowns, thirteen interceptions, the team wins Let's say seven games. I'm just throwing out random numbers here, okay? Right, right. When when they head into Eli's last year of his contract, okay, it's not just whether or not Eli's worth that money. You also have to look at it and say, well, is Davis Webb ready? You know, right. they, they might think that maybe they might want to move on from Eli Manning, but if they don't believe that the quarterback, uh, they have a quarterback in-house, is good enough to step in and start in the NFL – then that might make them think twice about that. So I don't think it's all about just Eli. I think it's about what's happening with the quarterbacks developing behind him too that will um, motivate the Giants one way or another in terms of when it's time to turn the page. And, of course, I think it is Eli's performance more than anything else because if Davis Webb, if they think he's ready, but Eli threw 30 touchdowns and 12 picks and the Giants won 10, 11 games, he ain't going anywhere. Listen, I can tell you this. If I look at Pat Shermer and what that team did last year, I know he wasn't the head coach, okay? But the fact is that he was the offensive coordinator, and they went out and they built their their offensive line last year up there. They had a good right. running game, okay? They had some good receivers, and they had Case Keenum put up numbers that you can't believe. Now, there's right. no reason why Eli Manning can't do that with a new revamped offensive line and all the weapons that you just mentioned. You have a great running back, a good tight end. You have quality receivers. And you also have the highest-paid left tackle in the National Football League. So, oh yeah, I truly believe this is going to be one of the. You know, I, 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 it's crazy because we were so mediocre last year. But I, I, I took off. obviously it's because of injuries. <laughs> mediocre. I, I, you know, I, I, because of injuries, but also I just think that you know McAdoo just didn't have a, a decent office. There was no movement there. There was no motion. There was no weird formation. It was just. You know, let's go eleven personnel ninety percent of the time, and I think you know we're gonna it's it's gonna change a lot. Uh, and and thanks to Shermer, um, and then one last point that I wanted to point out with you guys sure. is, you know, right now the free safety. You guys were just talking about free safety. I don't even think our, you know, I I, I I'm not confident with any of the free safeties that we honestly have um, here. And I remember you know calling a while back before the draft saying that you know we need to address the safety position because I know Landon. I, I had a feeling. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen now. Alan McConnell is going to be inside the box, you know, heavily. You know, he's going to be inside the box. And I don't know, man. I wish, you know, I know that this kid, you know, has a kneeling problem or whatnot, you know, and it's controversial. But the safety that, that was released from San Francisco, man, he would be amazing here. Like, it would elevate our defense so much because right now I don't think we have the decent free safety out there. And uh, thank you, guys, for taking my call. Thank you, Antonio. Thank you, buddy. And, and by the way, he – He's referring to Eric Reed. I've talked to some people around the league that do personnel stuff for a living. Eric right? Reed's not quite as good as people make him out to be. Yeah. Or he'd be on a roster. And he's also always hurt. I think he's missed almost 10 games the last two years because of injury. So I think that has a – and by the way, Kenny Vaccaro hasn't been signed yet either. It's been a very, very dry safety market this offseason. It simply hasn't been a position that teams have wanted to spend money on. 
Yeah, because I think you look at last year that what what these guys got, they're gonna have. They knew that they'd have to really pay him this year. All right, let uh, me ask Waddle. you. Remember Eric Waddle? Remember that he broke the bank at a safety position. Yeah, uh, yeah. Waddle went to uh, San Diego, where he still is with that nice beard. He's got a good beard, that Eric <laughs> Waddle. Um, if Eli completed sixty-seven and a half percent of his passes for thirty-five hundred yards, twenty-two touchdowns, and seven picks, would you be happy? Yeah. Is that enough for you? Yeah. Yeah, it is. You don't think he has to do more than that? Maybe a little bit more in the yards, 3,500. I mean, Eli. How about, how about 22 touchdowns? Is, is, he, should well, you get more than that? Well, here's the thing. I'm okay with Eli having 22 touchdowns as long as the rushing game has maybe 10 right. or 12. Right. I, I, you know, so. But I, I think that 3,500 is, is always. That's a low number. Well, those were cases. Because Keenum's he only played number, for so many. You know games. what? You're right. Woody, how many games did he play last 14, year? 14, that, That's maybe? a really good question. I forgot about that. So let's throw a couple. Throw 600 yards uh, more into that. Case there. Keenum last year started 15 games, played in 14, because I guess he came in in the middle of that okay. second game. So he's, he, he was probably 500 yards short in passing. Mm-hmm. So that puts him at 4,000. Okay. All right, so okay, so if I extrapolate this out and I increase everything by like 10%, let's say he throws for 3,800 yards. Well, 10 is a lot. I don't know if you can go 10%. Well, I mean, if you play, if you play 14 out of 16 games, you're right, say like, Extrapolate up eight percent, seven or eight percent. Okay, because you might be able to go ten percent on the yardage. Okay, ten percent on the touchdowns, and that's that's. I mean, uh, I mean, ten percent of the touchdowns. Is I guess you two. could be okay. All right, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So 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 yeah. let's say he finishes like thirty nine hundred yards, twenty four touchdowns, eight picks. Would that make you happy? Twenty four to eight. Um, yeah. In fact, listen. I if, I think any quarterback is under double digit interceptions for the season. I'm I'm in. On and that. if you have a three to one touchdown to pick no ratio, question. That, that, I don't that, care that's how many strong. yards you throw for. Mm-hmm. You're 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 being effective. You're mm-hmm. not turning the ball over. Well, that that was Case Keenum's numbers. Last well, then year. that there, there you go. So if if we could get Eli to to have those kind of numbers, I mean, they would be low Eli numbers. Now here's the trick, though. But the, the interceptions wouldn't be low Eli numbers. Those would be a low number for Eli, but it would be exceptionally good for him. Why were the Vikings so good last year? They had one of the best defenses in football. Yeah. Now, it, they didn't show up in that one playoff game when they got torched by the Eagles and Nick Foles, but for the most part, they had a great defense the whole year. And we've talked about this before. The well, question is, can like I think the Vikings probably won a game, won a lot of games last year, scoring you know 21, 24 points. Which is Will this Giants do? defense allow the Giants to win a lot of games 21-17, or are they going to have to win games 28-24, 31-27? That's another question that we're going to have to figure out the answer to. I want to look at the first quarter of the season and see who those teams are that they're playing because typically in my in my, in my my experience in, in watching and playing the football. Jaguars, Cowboys, Texans. Who's the fourth game, Danny? You remember off the top of your head? I can look it up. Well, defense is – as we saw in 2007, when Spag was here, new defense, it was giving up a lot of yardage. That the defense really was horrible until like around Saints the, week four. <laughs> 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 I mean, so to answer your question in that matter, the defense better play good. I mean, those are some good, good. Football teams. Now, the, the Jaguars start with a better defense than an offense, obviously. But, yeah. you know, Dallas with running the ball, and then if Deshaun Watson's healthy with DeAndre Hopkins. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I think it's going to take longer for the defense to get better mm-hmm. than it will this offense. I, I just think that I just think that's kind of the way that it really ever works. The defense, it kind of takes a little more to play along together and kind of get in some grooves where offensively, 
You know, you got the plays. You're running them constantly all the time. But I don't know. We'll see. That's a tough quarter, man. Although if I looked at uh, – if you could split those that first four games there, you all right with that? The whole schedule is hard. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, it, I mean, you like to take them in quarters. If like you go does. two and two in your first four, I think that's good enough, and that's I think the, that would be maybe winning a the nice way, maybe win. winning one of the division games there and against Dallas, having that first one division. Well, if you're gonna pick one game to win in that four, that's it's obviously question. the Dallas game. Yeah, that would be the one. Um, and by the way, the next four aren't exactly fun. Uh, at Carolina, Eagles, at Falcons, home versus Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go. You split those again too. So if, now you're four if, and if four. you can, if you can be four and four At heading into that bye week, I think you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. Yep. And even maybe snivel a five and four just to be, or excuse me, to be a. Um, if you, you know, can ever be three. five and three, you'd be in great shape. That's very optimistic for this team to be five and three with that, that schedule. Point. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there there is a possibility they actually could I be two and six. Hey, look, you never know, Jeff. You know, guys get don't. hurt. You know, maybe maybe Drew Brees pulls a hamstring the week before. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? You don't know. You don't know. And maybe Saquon Barkley catches nine touchdowns in the first four weeks. Who knows? Or maybe it, it turns out that the Cowboys are terrible this year. Maybe it turns out hope. that, you know, Blake Bortles <laughs> throws 18 million interceptions. Who the heck knows? You know, it, I, I that, be, that, that's why the NFL is great. I would be very interested to see. Because you know that this is what happens after teams go to Super Bowls. You know, the next year, the probability of the, that team making the playoffs is very low. It happens, but it, but I'm just curious to see what happens down the turnpike. Here. It's much closer to 50-50 than people think. Yes, there's no question. Scott, it's amazing, yeah, right? It really is. How can a team win the Super Bowl and not make the t- playoffs the next year? Hey, but it does. What did Ben McAdoo say over the time last Look year after, after the 11-5 year? He said, it's a new season. What happened last year didn't matter. And boy, unfortunately for him, he turned out being absolutely right about that. <laughs> Let's go to Scott in New Mexico. Scott, what's going on? What's up, Scotty? Uh, hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing yeah. well. Uh, I also had some questions about Eli Manning, but before that, I want to address a couple of questions that were on your survey this morning. Sure. Uh, one of them was uh, there are more roles to be won on offense than defense, and I, I think, John, you and Lance both thought it was offense, but I'm on Dan Solomon's side i think he was right to the point because i think there are a lot of moving variables in the defense you just uh, a couple of seconds ago said you weren't sure whether darian thompson could even tackle so i th- i was just curious as to how you arrived at the offense as opposed to the defense because again in a new defense james betts is going to be doing a lot of different variables and i thought dan's points were really um you know accurate uh, can, well uh, you can start start with the backfield Okay. You know, by the way, I think I picked defense, to be honest with you. I thought you picked offense. I know, and Dan picked defense. Because to me, the biggest – here's here's the way I look at it. And we've had okay. this conversation here, and I'll have to go back. I, th- I, I think it's an old factor fiction you're talking about. Um, the right. biggest single individual question that I think could impact this team poorly is right tackle. If the Giants have a really poor right tackle, I think it could really screw things up for them. So I think individually, that's the one position that makes me nervous. As an overall unit, I think it's the defensive side of the ball that I worry a lot more about. Free safety, third and fourth cornerback. Um, Who's who's your second nickel linebacker? Where are you getting a consistent pass rush from? So um, I would have to go back and look at the story, but I'm with you. I think there are a lot more questions here on defense than there are on offense. Right. And the other question um, was the most significant acquisition question, and both you and Lance thought it was Alex Smith, and I thought Dan again was on point. by saying that you're all chasing uh, Philadelphia and they just picked up 
Filoti Nada, and he went over Mike Wallace, also wide receiver. And then I don't know if you were just talking about players who are on the roster or, or draftees because he was also pointing out Dallas Goddard is going to join his tight end. So I thought his points were accurate that that's the team you're really chasing. So that's where your concentration should be in regards to what the most important acquisitions for the team would be. Yeah, I don't but, know but, if yeah, I was but, wrong in that or not. Yeah, but I, I don't think Haloti not is that good anymore. Um, I, you know, I, I think he's he's a fine rotational player, but the Eagles' run defense was good last year. If you look at a one individual player that's going to impact their team the most that right. they got this offseason, it's no question Alex Smith because he's a quarterback. That, to me, is an easy answer. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I looked at, no, I, I went over the, no. uh, what I wanted to talk about now is uh, actually Eli Manning, and sure. I looked at the uh, Bleacher Report, and I looked at how they ranked all the quarterbacks, uh, they ranked them from 1 to 46, and Eli was 26. It might surprise you who was the 25th quarterback rated, and it? it's the guy who won the Super Bowl, Nick Foles, who oh, two God. years ago had a quarterback me? rating of, of I think 33%. Who's doing uh, that stupid poll? I mean, how I, can you... i got to find this list now. Hold I mean... On. Okay. But, but my question is this in regards to Eli. Uh, Eli, in say, for example, in 2013 was rated the worst quarterback in the league. That's according to Bleacher Report. Uh, and as you go up the progression, the top quarterbacks are always pretty much the same. Tom Brady, Eli... Uh, uh, grab the guy from Green Bay. I <laughs> forgetting for a second. Right. Uh, but here's my question. Is it really the quarterback that makes the quarterback, or is it the coaching that makes the quarterback? Because when Nick Foles was with St. Louis, uh, he had a terrible year, and then they drafted Jared Goff, and he goes to Philadelphia, and all of a sudden he becomes a star. So it was a different oh, system. Scott, hold on, and hold on. I, Nick Foles was not a star last year for Philly. He played two good games. He sucked for three games in the regular season. Eagle fans were calling me, giving up <laughs> right. on their season because he was so terrible. The yeah. coaching staff made a couple of really big-time adjustments in the right. NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. They went to a lot of RPO stuff in the championship game, and they went right. down the field on RPOs rather than throwing short stuff. That sort of stuff, and that's the coaching you're talking about. Right, and that's, that's something, my point. That's right. really what I'm getting no, at. No, I know, Scott, but Scott, let me, Manny, Scott let me finish. Scott, let me finish. Scott, let me finish. Scott, let me finish. as important as the quarterback. That's re- or the coaching or the schemes as important as the quarterback. No, but Scott, but here's my Eli point. Eli Manning is a great quarterback, but I think in some of the schemes he was put in, he didn't really use his abilities to the, to the best he could, and that's why I have a lot of faith in him this year because I have a lot of faith in Pat Sherman, what he did with Case Keenum in Minnesota. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't look at, looking at this myopically. And uh, the coaching staff will make a difference in how Eli Manning performs. That was really my basic question. No, Scott, I, I hear you, and, and, but, but I think here's the point. If Nick Foles kept doing that for an entire year, teams would have figured it out, and it would have been over. Right. And he would have been bad again. It would have been bad again, exactly. So, yes, a quarterback needs help from the coaching staff, but if your quarterback's not really good, I don't care if you have Tom Landry, Vince Lombardi, Bill Walsh, uh, Kevin Gilbride, and every other great offensive coordinator in the world on your coaching staff, it's not going to matter. Now, do I think that maybe the scheme the last few years didn't, take full advantage of Eli's strengths, sure. Right. Um, will that new system, and I'd love to get Jeff's take on this too, will, I, will I think it'll help him? Sure, but it's still on Eli Manning as the quarterback to execute what's there, and he made the most out of he could with, 
with the stuff that he was doing the last few years. I hope he can do more this year, but it's going to be on him. And if he goes poorly, I'm not going to go out there and, and, and blame the coaching staff for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, one last question, and uh, it's more a per- perception question than anything else. Uh, I know a lot of people are calling in and saying that uh, if the Giants go nine and seven or ten and six, even they've had a successful season. But isn't the singular goal of every team, whether they have the ability to do so or not, is to win the Super Bowl? And this is the responsibility of the coaching staff to instill that. And I think that's what makes New England and Green Bay and Pittsburgh teams that keep repeating and, and doing that, and I'd like to see the Giants adopt this, the same attitude. I don't know if they do or not, of but it, is, is that they, something no, they no, do no, do? No, 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 come on. There's no way in God's name that the coaches are getting up in front of their players and saying, hey guys, we were 3-13 and 13 last year. Jeez, if we could just win seven or eight or nine games, we have a successful season. Right. Every single every single fiber of everybody. In this building, their their sole their their main purpose is to get to that Super Bowl, and if not, it's not a successful season. And you even said right. it before you asked the question. A lot of people are saying, "Well, that's the a lot of other people that are not inside this building." There's no way in hell that anybody ever thinks about that way, but it happens. But so many um, people will say, "Oh, if they were nine and seven, they were better than three and six, three and thirteen right. last year." So. Yeah, and I I get mad about that because I know that I've been right, there before, <laughs> and I really do because there's no way. I mean, you don't play a, a professional sport just to say that you got better, okay? You want those four trophies in that case just right out the door here where we're at significantly tell you that they play for one reason and one reason only. Thank you, Scott. Well, yeah, thank appreciate you, Appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for have a good guys. weekend. Right, but I think when you're looking at more of an – Overwatch Overall view, okay. us sitting here being analysts, I think we, you say you're coming off a 3-13 and 13 year. If you can get up to 9 or 10 wins, you know, I think it's okay. And from a larger perspective, depends too. Depends on who you're asking and who's saying it. Well, of course. Coaches and players can't say that. No, of course not. But, like, if you look back and you go ask fans of the Jaguars last year, was last year a successful season for Jacksonville? Absolutely Hell was. yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, way better. Sure you know? it was. But they will tell you that they were one or two plays away from being in the Super Bowl last year, and it would have been even better. So, anyways, I, I just, it's, it's tough. It's tough when you, you, you know, you can, and you, hit a, you make a good point, John, is that, yeah, for some people, breaking down the Giants' season, you can say, yeah, if they can get to eight or nine wins, that that's a significant number from three last year, and it's a successful season. And what are they going to have to do next year to get to the, you know, to get better? So. And by the way, I don't believe that story either, that, um, the Eagles is. got offered the 35th overall pick for Nick Foles, and they said no. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. First of all, I don't think the Browns are dumb enough to order, offer the 35th pick in the draft for Nick Foles. Why would you? No way. They got Tyrod Taylor was better than Nick Foles, and they got, for, they got him for three, right, if let I'm not just, mistaken, let me just Tyrod? Tell you something. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you right now, Johnny Manziel, excuse me, Johnny Manziel. Um, don't do that to Baker. Baker Mayfield is better than Nick Foles in the long run from this point on. Of course. On. So forget about that. That's there's no way. Just because he won this, he played two games, and before that he was horrible. He, he in oh fact, boy, he'll, he tells that. you that. He tells you he was ready to quit football. All right, so here are the guys that they have ahead of Eli Manning. I'm gonna go really quick. I don't want to spend uh, the whole show on this, okay? Well, so so first of all, Eli it's is what number? Twenty six. Now remember, here's the thing. Last year was a bad year, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe Dalton. But here are the guys ahead of him. All right, and and my guess is that they're not. I'm I'm not going to read through this whole thing. My guess is that they're not taking into consideration the pieces around him. It was just overall production. 
which I guess I, I understand that a little bit. But here are the guys that have ahead Eli, okay? I'm going to just throw them out there for you, right? Nick Foles, we mentioned him at 25. Well, there, um, there, there, there they are. There's, there's the, no, there's the, uh, there, there's your breakdown. Andy Dalton at 24. Uh, Mariota at 23. Tyrod Taylor at 22. And why is my computer going like two miles an hour here? It's just killing me. Josh McCown at 21. <laughs> again, just, but again, just based off their season last year, I understand why you would have McCown ahead of him. Um, but again, I I think you have to look at a larger picture there. Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson, Alex Smith. All right, now these are a little bit more believable. Blake Bortles at 17. Oh boy, I don't I have trouble with that one. Um, come on, this thing's killing me here, Jeff. Um, Dak Prescott, fine. Phillip Rivers, fine. Uh, Garoppolo, well, for four games. Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, now you get into the top 10 guys. They have Case Keenum at 10. All right, well, I've, I I give up. Okay. I give up. They have Case Keenum at 10. I give up. That's me well, throwing the towel in. And 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 the variables were arm strength, and it was there was, there was just things that there were in there that make it – and it has to go on last year. It must right just here. be of – Dude, they have, the accuracy, they have arm Case under Keenum pressure, ranked ahead making. of Matt Ryan as a quarterback. Yeah. Okay. That, enough. I give up. Don't care. Well, it's just come uh, on. Pat Ryan might be a top five quarterback in the league. It just depends on how you're ranking him and what are the what are the, what are the variables that they're well, looking look, at. And look at Matt Ryan. He got put in a different offensive system last year. Yeah. When Shanahan left and the um, Sarkeesian came in and it didn't look as good, right? All right. Anyway, back to the calls. Sergeant James Kennedy is down in Richmond. Sergeant, thank you for your service, and I hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend. Hello, sir. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, thank you all for having me. Uh, talk to you all, John and uh, Jeff. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome. Yes, uh, and um, quick question. Um, I I didn't know. Well, with the draft, I was just praying. I, I didn't want to go all the way back to that, but I was so happy when Cleveland got the, um, the quarterback, and I was almost going to send them a present with giant stuff to them for thanking them. And then, uh, I'm glad we got Barkley, and I'm hoping, you know, this is going to be a different season I can see with all the changes um, but I'm really really thinking we're going to have a good year even though the schedule is pretty rough but um, appreciate all y'all do and the last question um, I'm trying to see if they still might get this Brian or not I'm not no. sure no yeah. Sergeant, uh, it's not <laughs> happening. They don't want to add a guy like this to this locker room. They're trying After to bring in last, a no. certain type of player into this locker room to establish a culture. Um, they already have – they're going to have enough trouble getting the ball to Odell Beckham Jr., Barkley, Ingram, and Shepard. You don't want to throw another guy in that wants the football. That is a recipe for disaster. You have enough weapons. You don't need any more. You have plenty of weapons. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. But uh, I appreciate all you're doing. I'm going to try to get up for practice uh, coming up. I'm going to be retiring uh, this July after 15 years out of the Army. So I'm going to definitely try to make my way up here for the preseason or a regular game. Congratulations. Congratulations, James. All right. Appreciate you all and and keep keep up the good work. If you come up, uh, give us a shout. Yeah, if um, you come around here, make sure you see one of us. If if you see what is in in the air, say hello to us. We'd like to see our Big Blue Kickoff Live, uh, our listeners, and want to put a face with a a voice. Oh, I appreciate that. And then, Miss Philly, real quick, um, if I was a kicker, I'd be the worst. I'd be worse than Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be pretty bad. Uh, You have to have a good holder so he doesn't turn the Charlie Brown on you and move it away. So, all right, Jay, thank you. That would help. 
I appreciate all y'all, uh, what y'all done, and y'all have a great day. Thank you. Thank so you. We- appreciate, appreciate all you've you. done. Yeah, about yeah. that. All right. right? Yeah. Thank you, sir. You've done a lot more than the two of us. Let's go to Dave in Cranford. He's up next. Hi, Dave. Dave. How are you guys? What's Good. up, Dave? How you guys doing? Hey, I, I just wanted to throw one thing about Eli. I know you don't want to make the whole show about that, but that's okay. The guy, the guy that I really like to listen to when he analyzes quarterbacks uh, used to be on ESPN, but I'm kind of glad he's not. Is Trent Dilfer, mm-hmm. and uh, he really knows how to break the position down. Does a lot of that, and uh, he did an interview with the with, uh, recently where and and just listen carefully to the words because he wasn't saying that he was going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. What he was saying was. He, in the scheme and what the Giants have done, he thinks that uh, Eli would have a Pro Bowl caliber year, um, put up that type of production. And what he was talking about was the fact that the scheme will fit him and saying, if again, back to your comments about Case Keenum um, and looking at Eli's skill sets and where he is, experience, et cetera, compare him to Case Keenum, no, no shot on Case Keenum, but... I think that you know Shermer's looking at this saying I've got a much you know more capable quarterback that I can get something out of. So that was his opinion on on Eli. And I, I just wanted to comment. You guys are hitting on a lot of this, but but I think that it's it's really uh, difficult in the league. I think we just get we get um, we get biased so much off of the year before, and I think that bias comes into how we look at things. And if you can kind of step back and say. Hey, let's just look at this from a roster standpoint and then a coaching and a scheme standpoint. You look at the offense and you say you're adding five new players into your offensive scheme, four that are obvious, and Nate Solder, Omame on the line, Will Hernandez as your draft pick, and Barkley. The fifth really be an OBJ because he was out for most of the year. So you're adding those five, but the key part to remember there is who are you adding them to? Who's left? That you're adding those five that are that are specifically going to come in and do something for your team, you're adding them on top of Eli Ingram. I'm using Ellison as a second tight end a lot and Shepard. So you know, so you're you know again knowing that you've got the center and you got the right tackle, which I'll get to in a second. And then on defense, you're doing almost the same thing. You're bringing in about four to five guys through the draft and through free agency, and you're adding them to Jack Rabbit. Collins, Vernon, Harrison, and Tomlinson. Those are all really good, capable players. So when you think about it right now, the Giants have about seven or eight guys off of last year's team that haven't even made it on the 90-man rosters. I wish them well, but if you can't make it as Jeff, as you know, if you can't make it onto a 90-man roster, bad, bad chance that you're not going to be there when there's 53 left, right? So the, the <laughs> good math, upgrade... Yeah. The upgrade the talent on the roster, I think, is significant. And then I would just point to what happened last year with, you know, two teams. Um, but really, if you look at the L.A. Uh, Rams, and you, I think that's the closest to say, you know, you bring in a new scheme on offense and defense that becomes more quarterback-friendly. There was really not much change to their roster. It was just scheme. And that scheme propelled them to, you know, one of the better teams in the league, a playoff team. So I think that's where, forget last year for a second, forget the bias of, of, a, of a broken year. Just look at this team from a roster. Now, I think you've got injuries that always can come into play, and they don't have depth in certain positions. But that, that's the, the combination of why I think this team can, can really do really well this year. Well, I agree with you. I think the biggest the biggest component to all this is the head coach and his experience with quarterbacks and his experience with offense. 
I think that the the pieces that they brought in that you can see the instant success like some of the Rams had last year. And even, I mean, even take a look at uh, the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles weren't, uh, you know, they weren't really, yep. look what they did the year before. Okay. And now they had a rookie quarterback and, you know, and he played very well in his first year, and but then he ends up getting, you know, hurt and stuff. But the fact is that it can happen in the National Football League. And, and really when you hit a great, you made a great point. If you can't make a 90-man roster, you sure the heck ain't going to make a 53-man roster. And if you look at a lot of those guys that were here last year that aren't on NFL rosters now, it just goes to show you why they only won 13 or won three games last year. Okay, but I, I feel like Eli has a shot because of Coach Shermer and, and his offense that that he can do well. And I, I agree. I, I, I I'm with you. I think the roster is more suited to what Eli does well too. No uh, question. And the system and they is, had to do that. You, you have to. You know, they talk about make you know making the system quarterback friendly. Do you make a system quarterback friendly? You put good players around them, okay? Well, and they did a much better job of that this year. Well, they started with the left tackle. That right. was the first of thing course. they did. And they're going to let them throw the ball down the field more. There's going to be more play action. Things that Eli has has always um, been very good at. And but Dave, most importantly, and I know fans. I don't like to hear this because it, it sounds kind of like you know um, generic. You gotta stay healthy. I mean, uh, if you really oh. want to pinpoint one thing last year that's made the Giants go three and thirteen. Now look, I'm not telling you they would have went ten and six, but they might have went seven and nine. They had too many injuries last year, and yep. you gotta stay. And they weren't muscle pulls. This wasn't an issue with the strength and conditioning staff. No, it broke they, bones. They broke the, I mean, yeah. what, what the heck are you supposed to do? I, yeah. I think as you guys both know, I, you can only fix so many things in an off season, yeah. and. I still think that even in the positive view of the roster, I think you've hit on, you know, right tackles got to, you know, he's got to step up and be able to play that position. Although I think it's an easier position to help, um, particularly when you only have to help one tackle as opposed to last year where you well, needed to true. help both. Sure. Um, I think the biggest hole or the biggest risk is finding that, that um, slot corner and depth at corner. I think that's the place that, which is why they have so many bodies in camp. Yep. Um, yep. I think yeah, that's fine. the hardest spot on the roster to kind of, you know, really, really look at. But love listening to you guys. Thanks for, thanks for letting me talk. I agree. You know what, too, John and Dave? That is not only the Giants, but every team in the National Football League has trouble finding depth at cornerback because – you look at what the way the teams line up nowadays. You got to have three good ones. You got to have three like starters. Mm-hmm. And now, sure. where do you find the the depth? You, it's hard to find a, a, set, a fourth and a fifth corner that actually could become starters if one of your other guys went down. It's, there's not that many good cornerbacks in the it's league. Almost to the point where you almost have to draft a cornerback a year now and hope that you know every other year one of these guys right. works or, out. Or, you know? or every other year you're you're out there in free agency yeah. getting another corner. And it's such, a, and it, it is a position that has attrition too. You know, you're running top speed. Guys will pull muscles. Guys will twist ankles, and constantly it gets you. Constantly it gets you. You know what? And it's in the, in the league today. They throw so many passes. These guys are just, you know, they're thoroughbreds out there, and they get hurt. They get hurt. They. The bottom line is they get hurt, and literally the game is they tried to make it safer for everybody with this this head helmet thing and everything. But cornerbacks, man, you know, they get they get concussions all the time. Because these guys go in the way that they hit, you know. So, yeah, I think he's right. I think finding some depth at that cornerback position is going to be difficult, and that's why you have 150 of them in camp here right now is trying to find out who can, who, how many of those seven or eight guys they're going to keep. All right, so you want to laugh? So Ragnar the Viking was making $1,500 a game, okay? Okay. 
he demanded a raise up to $20,000 a game, oh. which was a 1,333% raise. Are you sure that he didn't just want – he didn't say 2,000 and he accidentally said 20,000? I'm just reading And they the, fired him? I'm just, I'm just – Because <laughs> 1,500 to 2,000 wouldn't be all that bad. Well, m- m- maybe what they did, they were screwing up the Viking currency to English uh, conversion. Maybe wow. maybe you wanted $20,000 in Viking currency. Evidently. Plunder of some type, you know, What's like chest with gold in it of some kind, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Evidently, he's he's uh, thinking he's a lot bigger than he is. I require twenty gold. Uh, <laughs> twenty gold coins. What are they? Uh, not not Bloomins. Uh, Dublins, Dublins. What are they called? The Bit- the gold coins. I forget. Bitcoins. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'll tell you what. He would be thrilled to get paid in Bitcoin. I get me tell one you. Bitcoin. I'd be okay per game. Look at go this ahead. bank of calls we got up here. It's uh, like uh, the caller all stars. It's unbelievable. Let's go to Len in Columbia, Maryland. He's up next. What's up, Len? Hey, Len. Hey guys, how you doing? What's up, buddy? Anyway, I haven't at least I haven't heard your voice in a while. You might have called when the other guys here, but great to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I, I I don't think I've been this tired of the off season this early. Really? In huh, in my whole life. I mean, <laughs> can we talk I, about I just, anything else? I just I just want to play. That's yeah. the first thing I want to say. All right. I, I just I just want to play some games. <laughs> Secondly, uh, you know, let me. I want to weigh in on Eli very quick. I'm glad he's our quarterback. I know you are. You're one of them. I'm just I'm just I'm just glad he's our quarterback. I, I think if we got to if we're gonna, if we got a chance to win, um, Eli's one of those reasons we got that chance. You know, I, I, if we have to worry about our third and fourth corners, we're 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 really in we're in trouble. In trouble. No, Len, no, no, Len, 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 that's, Len, Len, that's not about. true. Every and, and me, team has to worry why. about it's, their it's, third it's, and fourth. It's right, not because right. it's a weakness, Jeff. You alluded to it. It's it's a weakness all over the league. No, but Len, 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 I, I disagree. There are teams out there with three starting caliber cornerbacks on their roster that you can trust to start. The Vikings last year had four. So right. there are teams with a lot better depth at that cornerback spot than the Giants. Don't downplay that. That is not – Okay. Right. That, well, that, no, he, he, here's where I'm coming from with that, John. Mm-hmm. I think the offenses in the NFL today are far ahead of the defense. And well, I think we saw it. I think we saw it in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're and I think that the league, to, the league makes have it that roll. You're just going to have to roll the points up. Um, I don't think you know we're in an era. Uh, we're, we're trending toward offenses dominating, and I think that's what's going to happen. We're, I mean, we're just going to have to. I think teams are going to have to score. If if you think you're going to the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. You, you're going to have to average 30-plus points. Yeah, but, Len, you have to have some resistance. I'm not telling you you're going to hold teams to 17 points, but you can't give up 40. You can't give up 38. You're not winning games that way either, especially, especially when you don't have a good pass rush. You well, can't at, have uh, rough corners look at and the Cowboys, not rush the pass Look at the Cowboys a few years ago. They gave up 35 points a game. They, they didn't win. They yeah. couldn't, and they were scoring 30, but they, they were giving up 35. Yeah, I mean, if if we're, if we're going to the, let me let me just comment on the pass rush thing. Sure. I'm I'm not as worried about the pass rush as some others seem to be. If we're going to a three four defense, let's make teams get to third and seven. Let's and I I I think the three four defense is really about stopping the run. And I, I think that should be the concentration on defense. Let's just shut down the run as much as possible. Put them, put them into passing situations 
where the, where the percentage of completions is going to be lower. Well, then here's the problem. Third, third, and, third and long. Yeah, but Len, last year the team couldn't stop the run either. Well, um, I, you know, I think with this three <laughs> four defense, particularly, uh, you know, we may catch some people, we may catch some teams off guard with this three four defense, and and the hybrid nature of this three four defense. Yeah, uh, I know teams are watching every Arizona Cardinal game from last year, trying to figure out what Betcher's philosophy is. But you know, we got that big guy in the middle. I, I just, I, I know you've heard me say that. I don't know if Jeff has heard me say this, but John, I know you have. If you're going to run a three-four defense, you you better have a Snacks Harrison at nose tackle. That's well, fair. They do. They do. And they also got a B, they got a BJ BJ Hill, right? A Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah, yeah. I boys. mean, you got to have big, a big boys. stud. You yeah. got to have a stud at nose tackle. Or the to me, the three-four defense and any of its hybrids is dead in the water. Yeah, but then remember, you, you don't just wave a magic wand, run the three-four, and all of a sudden you're good at stopping the run. It's about the players. Well, I, I, there are plenty I, of three-four yes, defenses yes, that point, there point. are plenty I, of three-four defense that. that can't hey, stop the run for nothing. Let me say one, one more thing. You, you guys alluded to, to injuries. Tackle. To injuries, and you were you were spot on with that. Let me say this: I like our first thirty guys. I really like our first 30 guys. If we can keep them reasonably healthy and equality of injuries, I think we're going to be okay. The quality of injury, that's, that's the big one. Uh, yeah. If there is such a thing, quality of injury. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. But, you know, our top 30 guys, I think we can win with, with our best 30 guys. I like it. When I look at the list, when I write it down on a piece of paper, I like what I see. Well, that's I, fine, I, but you got they got to play. They got to show up and play. I mean, you might like them on paper, yeah, yeah. but they have uh, yeah. to play. Period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think this coaching staff. I, I think this. I think this coaching staff will get them. They'll they'll be ready on Sunday, Jeff. They will. There there is a whole shift here in this. Thank building. you, Len. It's been remarkable. I mean, I, it's a lot of energy around here. The coaching staff is is very mature. Very. Uh, these guys have a lot of experience, and I think that. Everything is pointing in the right direction, and I, I got to give a lot of credit to Dave Gettleman starting over and really going through and with a fine-tooth comb and, and, and going through and saying, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and sticking to his philosophy, which he has done. So I, I really think it's working. Let's do Shakes next, Dan. Line two. Shakes. Hi, Shakes. Double J. What's going on, What's up? What's up, What's buddy? Up, How are you? Long time no What's speak. What's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> what it do, man? Um... I got a couple of things, right? Yeah. So, first off, um, just to ease people's minds about some of these guys that we just signed in this all season, because it's like it's a lot of who guys. Y'all know what I mean by who guys? It's like who? But um, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it is these guys have experience and, and um, they really drive on special teams. Yeah, they do. Corey Latimer. Who? Yeah, Michael and, Thomas. Um, Michael Thomas yeah. and the cornerback from Carolina, yeah, Teddy Williams, and, and, and I can name another cornerback. It's about three of them that they brought in for, mm-hmm. for special teams purposes. So my my thing is, these who guys don't be quick to just write them off because we we all know that we was worse in the league in special teams. That that has to change around. Don't so pull, pull. I'm glad he did what he did yeah. um, as far as Gatterman and that concern. But um, my question for y'all is this: Now, if the if the O line gets camaraderie and they get their chemistry and they show out 
to be not just good, but 08 Giants good. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's just have right. fun with it. Let's, let's, let's have ahead. imagination with it. Sure. And it's day 08 Giants good. The next offseason, are we getting rid of Flowers? Well, you're going to have to re-sign him. Well, I, I think it depends on how well he plays. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you have to re-sign him. Giants, he, he better be playing great. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. if, if, if they play that well, I think you do figure out a way to bring him back. Sure, absolutely. That's if he wants to come back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because a lot of people is um, writing him off, and I'm like, man, just give him a chance. We, we don't know where he's going to be at right tackle, so let's just see how he's going to be. I, I think he's going to turn around, and I hope so. I, I'm, I'm really, I got high hopes for this offensive line and this Giants team, man. Thanks for taking my call, y'all. That's All it. Right, Chase. Chase with a quickie today. Well, Appreciate listen, the call, let me tell you about the right tackle position with him. Is this is a contract year for Eric Flowers, so. Any player, no matter who you are, it's your contract year. You play. You play. You got to play good. You want to move on because he's either going to go down as being, you know, no one's going to sign him and he's not going to get paid for anything or he can make a lot of money. I jumped the gun. I Sorry. got a bad <laughs> feeling about this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even Snook has cut me off now. The illness. He wasn't right in the head. Itchy trigger finger. I am happy. You're a madman. And here we go. Hello, Chuckles. How are you? Hey, Don. Hey, Jeff. Hello. Hey, it's a holy trinity of callers here. Yes, yeah. We opened the gate, <laughs> the floodgate. We opened it today. Hey, yep. look. Come on, man. You know the Who? The group, the Who? I know the they Who. They have a song, We Won't yeah. Get Fooled Again. And we that's exactly what's going to happen if everybody thinks that Flowers all of a sudden is going to be a different player and improve. He is not. He is who he is. In the right side of our line... I have problems with because we don't have any depth. I don't think Flowers is going to be the guy. Well, Charlie, anyway. look, Charlie, look, but, I don't know how good Flowers is going to be. He might not get any better. You might be right. But you can't say it's impossible for a 24-year-old player to improve. It's impossible. That's another <laughs> song. It's impossible. He can't. He doesn't have it. He is not a good tackle. Get rid of him. Move on. That's the problem I have. At least our cornerback, we brought in a whole bunch of guys to try to find the three or four or five or six we need. On on the right side, on tackles, we have nobody. We have Wheeler and we have Flowers, and that's it. What happens, God forbid, Solder goes down for two or three games? What are we going to have, Flowers back at left tackle and Wheeler at the right tackle? We have to have some depth. We have to bring some guys in. I don't understand Gettleman. Don't, don't, I don't, don't. Who, Charlie? Don't who? say the name that I that that you want to say. Who can we bring in? Now there might be some guys that that, that Dave Gettleman has penciled in that maybe in training camp, around the end of training camp, maybe middle yeah. training camp. I don't know. Offensive tackles aren't growing on trees. They're not no. just sitting around waiting for jobs. But depth wise, I I I, I agree yeah, with you. There's a not point. a lot of depth there. Yeah, exactly. And, and so to me, you know, we've got a big hole on the right side. And, you know, as I said before, like of course he said, he, offensive line is five fingers in a glove. And you've got one of those fingers missing. You've got one blown assignment on the right side. That's it. The whole O-line is going to be – that's why I'm saying, you know, everyone's saying, well, it's Eli. You know, Eli, he has no excuses now. He has to, you know, we got our offensive. No, we don't have an offensive line right now. We don't. 
We don't have a right side. And until that, it, I'm going to keep saying it until it's fixed. Charlie, you got any names for us? You got any names for us? Don't, don't, what do you, you do? Know, don't, of course don't, I got a name for you. Number 49 on the free agent list of top 50 is Mr. Will Beatty, two-time Super Bowl. Why not bring him in just to compete? If he doesn't make the night, you know, if he's terrible, then let him go. He didn't but play you, last year. But, hey, if the Philadelphia Eagles, a Super Bowl team, thought this guy could be a swing tackle in case somebody went down on a little tackle left or right, then he's good enough for a 3-13 and team to come in and compete on the right side. Thank you, Charlie. Don't you think that? No, real quick, Charlie. we do not. Charlie, more important business. I got a tweet the other day. I'm not sure if you saw it. You were tagged on it. Did you see the tweet from some? Yeah, I saw that. I think Jeff saw it. Lethal Weapon? Yes, Jeff. <laughs> have you watched Lethal Weapon movies? Yeah, yeah. Are you, do you remember the character Leo Getz? The no. one played by I Joe know. Pesci. Joe Pesci. <laughs> he wears My the hat, he runs around, he squawks, yeah. and our, I think it was Jimmy Goomba or something like that, one of our Twitter Charlie followers, says that Charlie is yeah. Leo Getz, <laughs> which I thought was actually pretty hilarious. Charlie, the next time you call in, please tell Dan or any of our – just say it's Leo. Leo from Portland will know who it is. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. No way, man. No way. <laughs> Appreciate it. Have a good okay. weekend, Charlie. Okay, you guys too. Next All time right. we're on, I'm going to have to find the nice uh, I want to apologize for you. Line. I want to apologize because you did not want me to have No, because I knew that's there. what he was going to do. I, I tried to yeah. stop you. Yeah, but I didn't want – I knew – I, uh. I, I kind of had a feeling he would say beauty, but I wanted, I just want him to – he always says we need more. Well, then give us more. Give us some names, please. Names. Give me some names. It's Give time some names. for everyone's no. favorite game. I like this. Did he play Ooh. with Jeff Beagles? I All right, Danny. Have a great memory. 22 NFL seasons. Wow. Hundreds of players. Beagles with the Eagles. Let's see who Jeff remembers. You can make a mockery of my memory. And we do. Here's your host. That was just so. John Schmelt. Jeff Beagles, 11 and 9. He recovered last week yeah, after we starting did. slow. Went 0 for 2. Then he got his final two. I got three names for you today, Jeff Beagles. All right. Are go. you ready, sir? Yeah, I'm ready. Did you play with DJ Johnson? D. J. Johnson. D is in dog. DJ. Yeah, I did. What with team the, uh, and what position? Uh, you know, is he Arizona. Kicked? Arizona. What? I could have swore I played with DJ Johnson in Arizona. Well, not well, not not this specific DJ Johnson that I'm looking for. Do you know what position he played? Running back. No, you got both those wrong. DJ Johnson was a tight end for the New York Football Giants in 2009. Great, I was on that team. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, that's the whole point of the game <laughs> that I'm only. Now you know why this game sucks. I'm with. telling you right now, Danny, this game is horrible. This is a horrible game. Whoever invented this thing? Wait, hold on. There might be a second DJ Johnson here. Let me see. I know there was a. Uh, there was, there a, was a DJ Johnson that played from 1989 to 1996, but he played for Pittsburgh and Atlanta. So, no, sorry. <laughs> you didn't play with that DJ Johnson either. There was a third DJ Johnson. Stand by. <laughs> I'm telling you, there might be a fourth and a fifth well, one, no, too. There's only three listed here on Pro Football Reference, and then that, that is the was, site. Was an and he was an offensive lineman. lineman. No, he didn't even, forget no, about no, it. Okay. No, right. you're, you're wrong. Admit it. You're wrong. All right. Kay. Player number two. Did you play with John Hilliard? Did you play? I know I played with an Ike Hilliard. With well, that's not what I'm asking you. Did John you play Hilliard? with John Hilliard? No, I never played with John Hilliard. I don't. Know. I don't remember. Why you fail? <laughs> Are you 
You played with John Hilliard with the Seattle Seahawks in 2000. Oh, defensive lineman? Um, yes, he was yeah, a defensive lineman. Yeah, I remember lineman. John now, vaguely. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, it, 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 it's vaguely. 0 for 2, and you have plummeted to 500. Why did he plummet? I was I was right around it anyway. So all right, we got one more for you. All right, I got to get over five hundred. Here we go. Okay. All right, I'm not, okay. did you ever play? I love how you go to the little the little key over there. Whatever. Did you ever play with Errol Tucker? Errol Tucker. Yes, I did in Arizona. Offensive lineman Tucker Tuck. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you did play with Errol Tucker, but he was a 5'8", 169-pound defensive back for the New England Patriots in 1989. He wasn't an offensive lineman. No, he was not. What do you got there, Danny Boy? Oh, there was a DJ Johnson in Arizona in 1996. There you go. I played in Arizona from 94 to 97. There you go. Did you find a DJ Johnson that played for them in 96? Running back? Running back. Please tell me he was a running back. No, but he was still, <laughs> he was but he's still on Arizona. He was still on the team. I get that one. I, not, I definitely get that but one. But you didn't remember the DJ Johnson that I wanted. You didn't know that guy existed. Well, there's four of them He was still your now. teammate. There's four of them. But that's the guy. Okay, I'm going to give you a draw on that. Okay, we'll take a draw. Okay. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Danny, thank you. At least you saved me. That, that could be the I almost end had him season. under 500, Dan. Awesome. Come on, you're killing me, bro. I love it. I uh. love it. Stat pass. Is that where you got the stat? I need to get a, a subscription to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's going to help my memory. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, always a pleasure, oh, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Have a good one. And uh, you're, you're actually on a couple times next week. With, oh, a couple? You scheduled me three no, times that, next week. That's in two weeks, I two think, weeks, for, yeah. uh, for, for minicamp. Yeah. Paul Big, and I have busy to be in practice June. and everything. We are so. busy in June. All right, everybody, we'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. For Jeff Fiegels, I'm John Schmuck. For our callers, can't do it without you. We'll yep. see you on Monday at Giants.com. Adios.